So we hear problems in the workforce centered around diversity, inclusion, generation gaps, all of these essentially problems and topics come up. And what do those actually mean? What does it look like? What does the generations gap look like? Diversity doesn't need to just be, oh, I have a, I have a white person, I have a black person, and that covers all aspects of diversity, inclusion, um, getting different voices at the table. So uh, this episode is with Sean Wanzo, founder of Conduit LLC. Um, essentially, Sean helps companies create a diverse and inclusive ecosystem. So this podcast is all about DNI, I including generations, generation gaps, how do 18-year-olds work with 68-year-olds and everything in between. So it's a super, super amazing episode. Again, if you like anything you hear or see, please take a screenshot and share it onto your, on really whatever social media you use, Instagram stories, Twitter, TikTok, whatever it is, um, tag us at starting blank or at samlister underscore underscore. And without further ado, Welcome, uh, welcome to the podcast. Sean is on, and hope you enjoy. Is there anything? How how can I make this the most valuable to you? Um, just I mean, pretty much, you know, like we talked about already. Just um, you know, the as far as like you know, once you know the finished product is ready, you know, just being able to you know post it online, um, maybe post it on my website, mm-hmm. you know, just things of things of that nature, yeah. you know. Is there is there anything specifically besides what we already covered that you want to talk about that you want me to kind of bring up within discussion? I mean, you know, as far as I don't know if you need to bring it up or I just need to like when you ask me to introduce myself and introduce yeah. my work, you know, I can, um, um, you know, kind of incorporate like you know some different components you know besides you know the ageism question or the you know the you know um, generational you know gap you know what have you mm-hmm. um i think i believe i can do that during the intro okay you know yeah um because i don't know what i'm trying what i'm trying to get at is i don't know It definitely relates, but like this specific topic or what we're talking about as far as the generational gap, yeah. I think it kind of, if, if that makes sense to you, it kind of stands alone. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like if, you know, with some of the work I told you that I do, yeah. um, I don't know if that's just going to crowd the space, like trying to add, you know, all that in there, mm-hmm. you know, like I can just do it. I think, I think it's, it's natural enough and they don't stray away. It's not like you... Like in in your work, you don't focus super heavily on generational diversity per se, but I think it's like it's around the, a very similar discussion. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. I mean, when you look at when you look at inclusivity, when you look at diversity, um, diversity and inclusivity, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, not not our from our conversation, it was the first time I thought about it. Um, cause I've definitely thought about the age gap and, you know, and like I said, like I have a wide range of colleagues and friends, you know, at different points of their life and of different ages. So this is something that I've heard bounce around a lot mm-hmm. and other people have posted about it. Yeah. You know, you know, they got all the, they got the, um, you know, you're part of the, 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 was it the 25 and under or up or yep. whatever, you know, and then like they had, they even, they even have 40 and 50, you 50 know. and fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, but so far, like I haven't really like included my, my diversity and inclusion work has been 
more focused on historically marginalized mm-hmm. demographics and populations, you know, whether it be, um, you know, people of color from underserved communities, um, um, formerly incarcerated people, um, you know, just on and on and on, um, uh, women, LGBTQ, you know, just on like that, yeah. you know, that's the kind of DNI, you know, when I'm trying to, when I tell you, like, I'm trying to create more inclusive cultures that I've been focused on, but and I and I agreed with them. I remember I think it was Izzy or somebody had made a post about um I do understand that it's ideally you wanna have at the round table, you wanna have um people that look like you, people that look like me, people that look like um the darkest guy from Nigeria and um um Asia, you know, like you wanna have like all the different de- demographics represented. But that's only I, I do understand that's only one aspect of mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion. Um, so with that said, even though I've been more focused on that type of diversity and inclusion, along with, um, you know, advocating for people that, have, you know, get a second chance that have been incarcerated or, mm-hmm. um, you know, just people of color, period, from underserved communities that have been disconnected to some of these resources and opportunities and stuff like that. Um, I do understand that, um, and like I said, I was just talking about this last night with Amon, is that at the table, you do, it, you, you really setting yourself up, you know, not for failure, because it, it's, you know, history has proved, and just in the entrepreneurial space right now, like there's companies right now that there's not a single person over 30. Yeah. And then there's other companies where it's hard to find someone under 30. Yeah. You know, and these are successful companies. Yeah. So it, it, that's why it, it, it's hard to, you know, say like you're setting yourself up for failure. But as time moves on, and I remember in, in um, drawing parallels to a post you made about TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think it was you and Jeff going back and forth that day. And, you know, that's what really kind of made my eyes, you know, pop open um, when you guys were talking about TikTok. And then you guys were talking about like, hey, if you don't continually, you know, times are going to, you know, things graduate, mm-hmm. you know, and some things get left behind. Don't be one of the people that get left behind. Yeah. You know, so you can be successful today. But as times change. If you're not changing with the times, like you don't have to change like your business model and all that stuff. But if you're not, you know, you know, tapped into culture, yeah. you know, to what's going on around you and you're not understanding like, hey, I think we need to bring, you know, diversify thought here, bring some you know, more people, fresh faces, different ages to the table um, that bring a different perspective, you know, you know, in relation to like whatever product or service that we um, that we offer. Um, that's when. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. You know, so that was my long winded of saying that even though to this point that hasn't been my main and remember I'm new to the space. Mm. That hasn't been like my sole focus or even age hasn't even been like one of my focuses. Yeah. But just, you know, like I said, it's been, you know, the topic has been very re- relevant um, and sometimes prevalent around me. And then our conversation just really made me think. Like, okay, this is this is another component that you need to, you know, that needs to be spoken about and needs to be included, you know, in that. Because it's it's something that, especially with the advent of technology and it's only getting faster as the years go by, um, with automation, um, it, we're, we're coming to a point where 
you know, no matter what culture that you're in, um, whether it's the entrepreneurial space, you know, the education space, just whatever, whatever sector um, of the, you know, um, overall environment that if you're not someone that has the skills or you're not someone that's, um, you know, has been kept abreast um, or has had access to the resources to, you know, stay ahead of the curve or whatever, um, you will get left behind. So with that said, with, with that said, that if the reason why this is so important is genuinely, you know, um, admittedly, the older you get, you kind of, for some people get stuck in your ways and then some people like, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's routine. You've been doing something and looking at something in a certain way for so long that a lot of times it takes, you know, a Sam or, you know, just a younger person or just, you know, just come in with a fresh, you know, perspective, you know, and that's why it's so important to have these different perspectives at the table. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, if you've been doing a certain, you know, type in a certain type of line, line of work for, you know, 20, 30 years, um, it's a, it's a safe bet. You know, it's a safe bet that, um, you're going to, you know, um, start resting on your laurels. Like you're gonna, you know, um, I mean, a lot of people do understand, you know, about, you know, continually educating themselves and stuff like that. But it, um, it, it just, I just think it would, I I just think it would benefit and behoove anyone, you know, to have, um, you know, if you've been at it for so long, just to have, you know, fresh voices and a fresh perspective. Well, and that's why I have like utmost respect for you for like a reaching out to, again, younger creators and putting yourself in a mindset of, hey, I'm going to drop my ego. I'm I'm a little bit older, but there is still so much to learn, whether I'm learning from an 80-year-old or an 18-year-old. Like, you can really learn from anyone. So I, I want to say, like, I, I respect the shit out of you for doing that because I've met a lot of 40, 50, 60-year-olds that go into conversations with such a closed mind just because I'm 18 years old, 19 years old, 20, 21, 22, this younger generation they automatically have an ego of, oh, I know more than more than that person, which they might, but maybe they know things differently in different areas, which that's more often the case. So it's like, will an 80-year-old know how to utilize TikTok? Maybe, but <laughs> I would assume an 18-year-old knows how to utilize TikTok a little better than the 80-year-old. Right. Um, does the does the 18-year-old know what it's like being married for 40 years? Probably not. So there's just different things to learn from everyone. So I I want to say I think that's that's super cool. Yeah, um yeah, definitely, man. I just, you know, like I said, I just look at it that I look at it in a way where of course, you know, um the farther you go along in whatever your line of work, whatever your mission is, you know, whatever your goals are in life, um, passions, whatever, um, the, as the years go by, as time goes by, you, you, you earn respect because you have a lot of skin, you're earning skin in the game. Um, you're, you know, you're, you're obtaining experience, you know, so you're kind of positioning yourself, you know, for certain leadership roles and, in positions where, um, you know, you're in a position to delegate. But with that said, that doesn't mean that the general 
can't learn, you know, from a private or from a sergeant or from a lieutenant, you know, and generally um, you started out in that space yourself and you came in with fresh ideals and ideologies and perspectives and, you know, just ideas of how things can go. And you probably were feeling alienated at that point in time. And what happens for some of us is that, you know, it can be hard, you know, once you get past that point in your life and you kind of you start, you know, obtaining goals and you make it to um, a certain point, you kind of forget that energy, that mindset, how you felt when you first stepped through the door, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, it, you know, and it, it goes, you know, and it goes both ways, you know, that, you know, sometimes, you know, um, someone of your generation can come in and just want to, take over, you know, because they feel like, hey, you know, it's like they know, like, man, you guys, man, I could, what you guys are doing, I can do this much more efficiently, you know, um, I already came in and I do, what you guys have been trying to identify for weeks or whatever, I identified it on the first day, (laughs) so just turn it over to me, you know, so I just think it's a happy medium, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, um, the general sitting down with the, you know, the young sergeant, lieutenant, and, you know, just, um, you know, coming to like a lot of things um, would work a lot better if middle ground was found. Yeah. So, dude. So we've been going for about 10 minutes now. And this is a perfect segue to introduce who you are, because I am not cutting any of that because I love that conversation. So welcome, guys, to the Starting Blank podcast. This is number I don't even know what, but I have a very special guest with me today. Sean Wasno. How's it going, Sean? Um, going good. Sean Wanzo. Um, Sean, tell the tell the audience a little bit about what you do and why you are here today. People already have a little idea of um, what we're about to talk about, but let's get into it. Um, I have a company. Um, I created a company. Um, jumped into the entrepreneurial space. Uh, the company is called Conduit LLC, and what Conduit LLC is about is advocating um, for DNI. You know, which is, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion, which is, I'm not going to say has become redundant, but, you know, we've heard a lot about DNI, you know, for like the last few years. That's been a hot topic um, and different, you know, companies and entities and organizations and, um, you know, advocates like myself and, you know, just in, you know, from the grassroots um, effort have been tackling it, you know, in different ways, sometimes the same way. Um, so the best way I'm going to explain it is. Um, as far as the work I do is like, I, you know, am in, you know, um, perception shifting, you know, and, and perception shifting, um, for the purpose of creating more inclusive cultures. Uh, I created, you know, my own workshop training called the perception benefit benefit, you know, as far as connecting people from different socioeconomic and ethnic backgrounds. Um, and so that's how I started out. Um, and along the way, you know, I obtained a partner, um, I met Iman, you know, Elkan, and we connected along the lines of self-awareness, perception shifting, and inclusivity. So, um, with that said, um, like, I don't know, that's like a quick summation, you know, of it. And, you know, that's what leads to the topic today. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're creating more inclusive cultures, you know, of course, you know, inclusive cultures, you know, you want to have, you know, different perspectives, um, different um, outlooks, um, different 
um, you know, visions. You know, you want to have all these different things represented at one table. Um, and the best way, you know, diversity is important, you know, but um, the reason why the emphasis, I place a lot of emphasis on inclusivity is because, you know, once you diversify the space, now we have to make sure um, the space is synergistic, you know, meaning that everyone feels their perspective, their work, you know, is valued and they feel connected, you know, to the culture and to the space. You know, there's no, I, there, there isn't any isolation, you know, whether it's, you know, um, because of a person's skin color or because of their background or because of um, sexual preference, religious preference, um, you know, um, whether they've been incarcerated before or age, you know, um, and that's what, you know, brings us here today because that is, it is a big thing, you know, um, when you look at people, um, you know, of, okay, I'm a generation Xer, you're a generation Zer, you know, that's a huge gap. Yeah. You know, um, me and you, for whatever reason, <laughs> you know, stars aligning, like we just, um, you know, um, we just connected to each other's mi mission, um, focus, work from day one. Um, and that's because I like to think that I'm a um, very open mind. I better be an open mind. I mean, mm -hmm. the, with the work I'm doing, I'm trying to help expand other people's lens and um, perceptions and outlooks on life um, and how they go about their work. So my lens better be pretty expansive <laughs> wide myself. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I come from a very diverse, I'm, I'm very fortunate, man. You know, I come from a very diverse background, you know, like when me and you first, um, you know, sat down, just the fact, just the experience of growing up between um, three different socioeconomic, you yeah. know, climates and environments, you know, growing up between Milwaukee, San Diego and the state of Washington, mm -hmm. you know, so that's that's where that was kind of that's kind of my foundation, you know, um, going to school, living around, playing with, you know, kids of all different cultures, you know. Um, and that's, and, and, you know, so I've been fortunate enough to have those, you know, diverse experiences. And then that's just kind of like the, that was kind of like the launching pad or the foundation to, you know, how I went about looking at things, you know, over the course and arc of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and unfortunately, and I say, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't have those experiences. And then that's when, you know, that's when. Um, when a person doesn't have those type of experiences, um, has to have that kind of diversity, in, you know, in their life, they start, a lot of times they start looking at things through a narrow lens and, and, and in one way, mm -hmm. you know, and then, so that's when the disconnect comes at, you know, between, um, people from different socioeconomic ethnic backgrounds of different ages of different generations and on and on and on. So, yeah. I one thing that stood out to me in that in that um, is the diversity and inclusion part. Mm -hmm. Pe when people think about diversity and inclusion, their mind mainly goes to black guy, white guy, guy, girl, um, and it's it's very um, no no pun intended, but like black and white in that sense, and they don't think deeper. The inclusivity aspect of things that you you mentioned. Um, I feel like a lot of companies have just check boxes. Yep, I have a I have a black guy, I have a white guy, I have an Asian guy, I have women here, women there, and it's there's no deeper deeper connection, deeper meaning. That's where the inclusive part 
comes in. Having those people have an actual seat at the table, but they can actually talk at the table. And I think that's, um, I'd like to have you touch on that a little bit of, hey, yes, we can create a diverse ecosystem, mm-hmm. but then what? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you go deeper and how do you build those connections? Well, um, you know, doing, doing work with, whether it's, you know, with the Milky Way Tech Hub, um, Generator, um, AmFam. And then, you know, I want to also mention that I come from the social justice slash criminal justice reform space. That's how I even got into a space. That's where I pretty much like um, got my skin in the game and kind of earned some of my credentials um, and learned a lot, learned a lot about leadership um, and advocating for others and mentoring and just doing like grassroots work, um, you know, and just earning um, you know, a sense of humanity and wanting to add value, you know, to people's lives, you know, and wanting to create opportunities for those who don't have a seat at the table, you know, whose voice is not, you know, they don't have a platform for their voice to be heard. Um, so with that said, um, wow, that's a, that's a great <laughs> question. Okay. Now, as far as creating, um, the diverse ecosystem. You're right. I mean, we can just, you know, pull a little bit from here, pull a little bit from there. Um, and, you know, and that's what I spoke about earlier, the more the more inclusive part. And I think that's where, um, you know, whether it's, you know, Aman, who I spoke about earlier, or some of the other people that I talked about, or some of the other people that I've met who um, really, their focus is really um, about, you know, the children, you know, and about, and I think that's one of the important places to start is um, as far as when you talk about creating a sustainable, diverse ecosystem is that, you know, okay, you have to start somewhere, but then you also, what you have to do is you have to, to make it sustainable. It has to be the next generation that's coming up behind you know, the generation that you're, you know, you're creating, you know, that's, you know, being included in this diverse ecosystem, you have to cultivate that, mm-hmm. you know, that should be, you know, one of the, the building blocks and the pillars and the foundation. Um, and then as far as the inclusive part, um, that's why, like the, 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 like I said, the training I created, um, the workshop, you know, you have to, it takes a lot of work. You know, it's definitely not something that can happen overnight um, because when someone has looked through a certain lens, you know, their whole life, when they've looked at, you know, they've had a certain outlook, that's not something that can be changed on an annual training. So, yeah, I'm getting pretty much to the heart of the matter of, you know, the question you asked as far as like just checking off boxes. It has to be more than something that someone does just annually, mm-hmm. you know, or quarterly or whatever. This is, has to be, people have to be handed tools and skills that not only are they, you know, amongst their peers working on it, but they to, tools and skills that they can carry out that door, take home with them to their families, you know, and teach them the tools and skills, you know, just kind of keep passing it along, you know, kind of a each one teach one mentality. So I think, to answer your question, I think those two components yeah. that 
the next generation has to be, there has to be a space cultivated, um, you know, for them, you know, to be ushered into this space, to be giving these tools and skills at a very young age, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then the second part is, like I said, it can't be just checking off boxes. It can't just, it can't be something that's a, a, a daily thing annually or quarterly. It has to be a, it has to be something, you know, where tools and skills are handed to people to really widen their perception, um, learn how not to tolerate, you know, take that word out of it, you know, not to tolerate someone that's of a different age, Mm -hmm. um, of a different socioeconomic or of a different ethnic background, but to accept that's the key word. Yeah. So the tools and skills that they're handed, you know, there has to be, the tools and skills have to be um, articulated and implemented and it has to be interactive to a way that they, you know, that they're learning that not to just tolerate this person next to me, but to accept them. Yeah. So and I, that kind of reminds me of I don't know when I learned this, but you mentioned um, it depends on like the lens people are looking through. So right. when when you're when you're growing up and when you're a child and when you have a fresh perspective on life, mm-hmm. let's say you have a pair of red lensed glasses and blue lens glasses, just mm-hmm. colored lenses. OK. Um, and. If you ask a kid to put on the red glasses, he sees red. Like mm-hmm. he he sees the world as red. Mm-hmm. You ask him to put on the blue glasses, he, he sees the world as blue. Mm-hmm. But as we grow up, we are wearing one lens. Say I I've been wearing the the blue lens for 20 years or someone has been wearing the red lens for 40 years. Mm-hmm. When you ask them to put on the other color, if I've been wearing the blue lens for 20 years and someone asked me to put on the red lens, I can take the blue lens off but I'm going to see purple because it just built into my system of, Hey, I've seen the world through blue colored lenses. Same with, same with the other side. If someone has worn the red glasses for 40 years, it's, you can physically take them off, but those, those patterns and um, thoughts and beliefs are just ingrained in them. And that doesn't switch overnight. So I loved your point about just, you need to stay consistent at this. This isn't just a, Hey, let me host a workshop in your space. And then (laughs) with the problem solved, it's something that needs to stay consistent, but, consistent throughout generations as well. Mm -hmm. A great example of what we were just talking about and what you were just talking about as far as, you know, a kid with the red lens and the blue lens um, is that I remember while I was waiting, you know, you know, I actually beat you here. So while I was waiting for you to show up, you know, I was looking around, you know, um, and I I don't know if everyone knows um, or if you want everyone to know, like this, you know, basically used to be your father's office. Um, and I was just thinking about, it and I saw his business card. He still got his business card <laughs> down front. I mean, I thought that was so cool. And I was just thinking about you as a little boy, mm-hmm. you know, just having this type of, having that type of role model, having this type, these type of images, yeah. you know, to grow up, you know, um, as your, you know, with your father as a financial representative, financial planner, yeah. correctly. Um, and what that does to a kid's psyche. Yeah. And I mean, and look at you, you know, look, look at how fresh out of high school, how confident you were going into the entrepreneur space Yeah, and going in, in, you know, your story, you know, every, I don't know if everyone knows the story, but going, you know, going into different entrepreneur spaces, mm-hmm. just jumping in, seeing what works and you finally found your niche or yeah. niche, you know, as Q pronounces it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. It. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And so, you know, 
that's what I mean about that's why it's so important why you create this diverse ecosystem, you know, um, that there has to be at the same time, you have to be, and I know it's a lot of work, but it, you have to be cultivating, you know, the much younger generation yeah. at the same time, especially the younger generation that is not growing up with those type yes. of role models and images, you know, that come from more broken communities, underserved communities, underestimated communities, as Nadia says it, um, as a reference on, um, because what that does, you know, by you cultivating those spaces and giving those children, you know, the, the impoverished and, you know, the unfortunate, um, those type of skills and tools and images, you know, to want to emulate what that does is now you, now this is how, that's how you create more inclusive cultures mm -hmm. because now as they grow older, now they have these skills. Yeah. They have these resources to them. They have the self-confidence to move like you did mm -hmm. to just, you know, um, use an old school word, just bum rush, you know, <laughs> <laughs> bum rush a space, you know, and not think nothing of it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, people might argue me differently, but there's definitely a parallel between you growing up and seeing your father operate, being able to, you know, walk down from your home, come into your father's business, place of business, and see him willing and dealing, you know, doing his thing. Mm -hmm. That definitely played a part in creating your psyche and your self-confidence. 100%. And, you know? Yeah, I love that. And it, like, reminds me of just waves. Everyone just operates at different frequencies and different waves. And, like, I've I've been obsessed over numbers and finances and investing from a very early age and that's because of my my father. He's a financial planner so he does it for a living, but there for some reason that stuck with me. Like I have I have two other two other brothers and it didn't really stick with them as much as me, but it's it's finding people you look up to and saying, "Okay, I'm I'm mapping their their skills and what they do and how they act." But then as you as you go on, like my dad has helped me a bunch, but like he doesn't have employees. He doesn't, he hasn't done the same things I have done. So there, they, it was, it came to a point where it's like, dude, you're, you're out of my realm of understanding. He is, he's not online. He doesn't do any media. So he's like, dude, I'm here for support. You can split my office, but that's all I can, I can support you, but that's, that's all. So it is on me to find ways to meet those other connections and kind of level up from here, here's where my, my dad's operating and that's, that's his wave. He's comfortable there, but I want to get to the next level. Okay. So who's at that next level? Who can I surround myself with to operate at that frequency? And that process just keeps on going and going and going. So if some, some other media owner is doing, let's say $500,000 a year, I'm like, okay, I'm not at that space, but I want to get there. I surround myself with those, that crew. Okay. I want to do a million. I, I'm going to surround myself with other millionaires. I want to do 10 million. I, I need to surround myself with people doing 10 million, then a hundred million, then a billion. And like those waves just keep on going in there. It's, it's forever, but teaching kids, both underrepresented cultures, but also just suburbia high school. Like I'm from, I'm from Greendale high school, not the most diverse place, but the mindsets are very similar broken broken mindsets in in high schools all over the map doesn't matter true. rich poor white black asian hispanic everywhere so there's a huge problem there we have so many resources as a younger generation that we are not utilizing but that's because our school systems aren't set up to help kids utilize those resources 
we don't have a class to teach you how to Google things, how to YouTube things, how to learn your like teach yourself things. And that's that's I think where it stems from. Like outside of just school, there's no there's no more learning. There's no more educating. School makes it like school sucks the fun out of learning new things out of kids. And that's just that's terrible. Like you should constantly be learning and be educating yourself. That's man. That was. Can I give you some dap on camera? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's a perfect segue. Um, and you actually, not that I forgot, but there was just I know we had a limited space today, mm-hmm. and there's so much to talk about. Yeah. You know, there's so many different branches from this DNI, um, com- from a DNI conversation, from the the original topic of you know age gaps, you know whether in the workplace or just in all cultures yeah. and the disconnect and stuff like that. Um, but I'm glad you spoke on what you spoke on because it's a perfect segue for, let me say, first of all, yes. And, you know, um, when I referenced Amon and other people, um, whether they're mental health professionals or just people working in that space and the work they do, um, that is one of the emphasis. And this is a conversation that me and her have had um, numerous times as far as um, when you look at, you know, school violence. You know, now, of course, in underrepresented communities, um, more broken and impoverished communities, this type of violence, you know, that gets um, that gets all the media attention, you know, when it happens in the suburbs. A lot of that goes on, if not directly in the school around like almost on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But I'm bringing that up. You're absolutely right, though. You know, that's where the disconnect comes at is that that is not spoken about or focused on more. And. This and, and, and that's where the disconnect comes in at because whether it happens one time mm-hmm. in a year or one time, whatever, you know, in, in um, you know, the suburban schools or whatever, that is a perfect opportunity to connect yeah. a universal problem. You know, and so marching it back from there, you're absolutely right. And, you know, um, it, it gives me an opportunity to speak about, you know, um, everything that we talked about is great mm-hmm. you know i'm talking about everything we talked about i don't take anything back but they're also within um and and i was and i was speaking about it before but probably an even better way and you're the one you're the one that you know um, jogged my brain to come up with this um it's personal development yeah you know when you talk about creating a diverse ecosystem you know, you know, for us, for adults, um, and then, you know, for the children, those components have to be emphasized and implemented, the personal development. Because you can hand someone skills, whether it's STEM or STEAM related, um, or business related, or just, you know, or in the man for manufacturing, just whatever, you know, to improve their livelihood um, and other resources to improve, um, you know, their way of living, um, their standard of living and, you know, and most importantly, making them feel included, but the personal development part, you know, that's one of the most important components because that is the component that really starts helping shape somebody's outlook on life and the way people connect to each other Mm -hmm. you know especially if you're talking about someone that's been looking 
through a certain lens, you know, um, for the majority of their life or the person that comes from a trauma filled community. Yeah. You know, um, you know, there definitely has to be an emphasis on the personal development, mental health, mm-hmm. you know, and just the way they, they feel about themselves, the way they feel about being in this new space, you know, and then the person that comes from the opposite community, you know, um, it still may be, you know, mental health. But when you talk about personal development with them, getting them to understand why it's important for them to expand their lens and accept this person that comes from a totally different background mm-hmm. or is of a totally different age or whatever, you know, or gender, you know, um, you know, especially when you look at um, um, women and we can go into the, the pay gap and, you know, why it's important that, you know, women shouldn't be making 70 cents on a dollar and then women of color making even less 62 yeah. cents, you know, on every dollar that a man makes, you know, that's where the personal development piece comes in. That. So thank you. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up. Thank you. Thank you. And that like reminds me of like diversity of education. Okay. Like, so in, in school, you're taught one certain way. Here's how you do things. Here is a math problem. Solve it. And not just in math, but here's English. Here's all of these structures. And they, they don't give kids the freedom to learn, learn how they want. So from a, from a diversity of education standpoint what are we teaching these kids how diverse is our actual physical curriculum Mm -hmm. are we teaching kids the necessary skills the the mental health side of things personal development side where's a meditation class how do you get in touch with your emotions how is it okay to be emotional all of these things are super vital to become quote-unquote successful but also fulfilled in life and that's a whole area that isn't really taught in school it's just here's black and white here's the textbook learn it and that's it so coming like i would love to see more diversity of curriculum even um if if i can say that because it's it's important and kids just need to learn more useful things but also a wider set of useful things not math science social studies history which are all important but how do you tie that into the real stuff? Um, I, <laughs> Sam, I totally agree with you because I know, you know, um, I know a number of people, you know, mine being one. But, you know, I know and, and, and she spoke of this and I just know about a lot of other people who have tried to introduce new concepts and new forms of education. And um, I hesitate to use trainings or workshops or anything like that, but just. Um, innovative approaches to educating kids and children, introducing all these different components, you know, the holistic approach, you know, to not just mental health, but just to personal development and, 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 and personal development and, and, and aligning, you know, mind, body, and spirit, um, and other forms of innovative education. And and it's just a bunch, it's a lot of red tape, you know, because, um, whether MPS or um, most school systems, they ha- like you said, they have the curriculum already established that they've been passing down from generation mm-hmm. to generation <laughs> for years, um, and and it's just like it it it's it's the same energy um, that you get sometimes, and that's why the DNI work is so important, but can be get so difficult because when you have people in positions of power. 
that have been that looking through a certain lens and have been doing something, um, you know, one way for so long. And then even those, because there's a lot of people that, you know, of are of, you know, have are of a divert, you know, diverse thought that think, you know, just like we do. And a lot how a lot of other people do and they want to see things change, but they have to adhere to the policy and procedures in place yeah. so they can only do so much, you know, or they lose their job. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. They're definitely. And a lot of things we talked about, like well, that's what I was talking. That's one of the components of what I was talking about is as far as, you know, that will solve a lot. You know, as far as creating a diverse ecosystem, if it started in school, like the things that we're trying, you know, that the, the trainings and workshops that are ongoing and interactive. We're not just the one day, like I was talking about, mm-hmm. um, um, as far as handing people skills, tools, um, um, to expand their perception and the personal development side. Um, if those things were given to the children, to the kids, that solves a lot. And it was made part of their curriculum, the educational curriculum that solves a lot right there. Mm-hmm. To where they're getting it at a very at the grade school age and are able to carry that, you know, on into life. So then you're gonna start seeing you're gonna start seeing all cultures starting to change. Yep. Two percent. Two percent is the I forgot what it's called. That's the uh, shift consciousness. Once once you get an ecosystem thinking, once you get two percent of that ecosystem thinking a certain way, that's the edge where it tips then that 2% makes their own 2%, makes their own 2%. Now you're up to 10%, and then 20%, then 30%. Now, all of this, it's a big shift of consciousness. Um, and that's really what we're doing right now on this podcast, on, on these videos, on whatever it is, like helping people think about these things. That's all a part of a collective shift of consciousness. And how do we do that at scale? Which, that's how, that's how young kids learn. Young kids are watching podcasts. Young kids are watching YouTube videos. So it's like we need to cater our message to those generations because as we talked about this whole generational gap, but also that's where change is. Change comes from teaching younger generations because, it's again, it's not like you, we flip a switch and then say, oh, awesome, we can, we can put on these red glasses, we can put on these blue glasses and f- see fully red, fully blue. Like as earlier, earlier we can kind of um get into these these kids and help them shift their consciousness like that's when we see real real growth i definitely agree and i was just sitting here thinking and i was just talking about it last night Mm -hmm. that the reason why this was like so huge for me is not only the you know because you have a very very heavy online presence but the fact that you invited um because you could invite anyone yeah. You could have. This is why I'm honored. You could have invited anyone. And this is no disrespect to anyone else out there, um, you know, doing similar work or the same kind of work or work along the lines. Because I'm one of those people, and I always preach this. I always preach tolerance. I always preach that, okay, your message might not be the same. Um, it may not be as direct. Um, it may be more direct. You may be focusing on this over here while I'm focusing on this over here. Let's talk about how we can work together and collaborate instead of pointing the fingers like, oh, you're not doing this, but I'm doing this. My work is better than yours, whatever. I've always preached that ever since I start, you know, ever since, you know, for the um, for profit, you know, um, entrepreneur space that I jumped in when I was in grassroots, 
you know, when I was in, you know, do, um, you know, working with the, which I still am connected with a lot of the, you know, some of the organizations, but I just always preached about trying to find middle ground and work with, um, you know, whether it can be the, the, the total other side or just with someone that, you know, is doing the same work, but you guys got some, uh, you know, you don't have the exact same ideologies or ideals. Yeah. Um, but I just, I think that's important. The written, so I'm tying, I was kind of, that was a long way to say, <laughs> long, <laughs> a long winded way to say why I was so honored you invited me to your podcast, you know, because I do, I speak about, um, you know, with Iman, we speak about, um, topics that are taboo yeah. that some people are, you know, are hands off. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people entities and even corporation that are concentrating you know on these topics but they're still kind of you know hands off when you look at advocating um when you look at um coming up with innovative approaches for mental health and um personal development and advocating for people that have been incarcerated before yeah these are some of the topics that some people do not want to touch not in the you know in the um, in the man, mainstream space, put yep. it that way. Yep. And that's why it was so, you know, that's why I was really honored that you invited me on here and to, I mean, you know, get to the heart of some really, really, really tough work, yeah. you know, and and material and to have a, you know, a, a very inclusive <laughs> conversation about it, you know, um, a, gen, a generation Xer to a generation Zer. And it's important, man. This is to me, it's monumental. You know, some people may not look at it; they may just look at it like, uh, you know, it's another podcast. But I think this is this is really important work. I really, I really appreciate that. And with with that being said, that's a that's a great way to kind of wrap things up here. We we might need a podcast number two in the future. <laughs> um, but with that being said, what is one piece of whether it's piece of information, a trick, a question? What do you want to leave the audience with today? I want to leave the audience with so much. Um, you know what? I'll go back to something I said before. And it's really something that I was, not that I wasn't aware of it, but like I really, really honed in on it last night, you know, when I was preparing to come in for the conversation. I didn't script anything. I mm. rarely do. And my public speaking teacher is probably pulling her hair out right now <laughs> as, we, as we speak. But just the tolerance versus acceptance part. Mm -hmm. That is the most, that's, if that's not the most important part of the work, you know, that I do and that others do, that's a very important component, you know, because you can, as a human, you know, like, you can tolerate almost anything yeah. if you put yourself in that mind space, you know? And that was one of the problems with, you know, you know, I, you know, I don't know um, how knowledgeable you are about affirmative action because of your age. Mm -hmm. But that was affirmative action was kind of the policies and the policy and procedure that preceded, you know, um, that preceded DNI and, okay. you know, some of the other things, you know, where, you know, it, it was direct, um, you know, relations and quotas to, you know, um, well, it was it was in direct relation to, you know, based almost like having quotas. Yeah. You know, like, OK, we got to bring in a certain we got to interview a certain amount of people. Now, don't get me wrong. This re that really helped a lot of people. But talk to those people about how included or how connected they felt to the space. Yeah. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I want to leave the audience with is that, you know, that's, that's, that's really important to me. You know, whether it's, you know, when you talk about women, when you talk about age, when you talk about, you know, um, a person's ethnicity, um, socioeconomic background, sexual preference, religious preference, you know, on and on and on, um, um, you know, veterans, um, a person that's been incarcerated before, trying to change their life around. Um, when you talk about mental health and personal development, you know, it's, that's the most, to me, that's the most important concept, a component that, you know, I want people to take away from whether it's, you know, um, you know, uh, motivational speaking or training or a podcast or any type of work that I do or somebody else does within this space. It's about acceptance, you know, and that's when you've been looking through a certain lens for so long, that's probably the most, the hardest skill mm -hmm. to teach and for someone to gain. And that's why it has to be interactive. You know, number one, they have to have a voice. It can't just be um, a dictatorship. Yeah. You know, it has to be an in interactive um, when you talk about the, the, the teachings and the trainings and it has to be ongoing. Mm -hmm. So where can the people find you? People can find me, um, you know, you got my website, um, conduitllc.com, spelled C-O-N-D-U-I-T. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, once again, my name is Sean Wanzo, um, whether it's, you know, under my company name or just, you know, under my name, Sean Wanzo. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, I actually have a Twitter account that okay. I never use that I need to be using. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty much, um, where someone can, um, check me out at. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. I appreciate it, man. Talk to you guys later. Dude, that was, that was rad. I,